0: Hello, everybody out there, it's Dave and Pete coming at you again with another episode of Divorce Devil, Volume 2, Episode 2, the second in terms. Hello, Pete. Welcome Hello. to the show. Thank you. Good we'll, to be we'll, here. We're glad to have Pete. Uh, we'd like to apologize for our last uh, episode. We kind of got off kilter. Pete headed me down the wrong path. <laughs> Talk about dating and, and we aren't even close to dating yet. Well, we are, but the listeners aren't, so uh, let us get back to the divorce devil as it is intended to be. So, uh, once again, I've been divorced, uh, five, six years, Pete, three, four, almost three, three years. And, uh, we both met in a divorce recovery seminar and been friends ever since and got together to, to help uh, other people there at the seminar and uh, with our podcast, just to talk to people and and see where they're going through and their pitfalls and road signs and everything else so um we like you to learn from our mistakes because we've made some mistakes along the line you know that we were talking earlier talking about the blame game um how the blame game doesn't uh doesn't help anybody you know it doesn't matter whose fault it is both people need to get on with their lives and even if there's kids involved which we both had kids involved, the kids, the kids are going to be okay. You know, you might need to do counseling or whatever, but the kids will be okay. And everybody will live from that. So what do you think, Pete?
1: I think the, the blame game, it's amazing. <clears throat> when you get blamed by someone else, their passion toward you're the one, it's your fault. None of this would have name whatever the problem has happened. If it wasn't because of you and In that blind, accusatory moment, they don't even look in the mirror. They don't even look within themselves to say, hey, maybe I'm part of why this happened. I think if they were to do that, that they would be able to, I think, get to a a period of, what's the word? It's not calm, it's, um, I can't even think of a word, something in the middle. Let's just chase, let's just say that be able to get to a point where you both meet in the middle and say, "All right, we're both to blame." Let's move on from here. Let's let's move on from here. But that that anger sometimes comes from a, a buildup of emotions that is held back. Most sometimes it depends on the couple.
0: Yeah, you know they they talked about in divorce recovery that we went to. They they talked about that someone. You know it's it's hardly it's never one person's fault everybody has has some skin in the game and if you can accept that i think it goes a lot easier on you but if you think it is that one person's fault no matter if they cheat on you whatever there's always a little bit of fault on s on, on each person's side you know maybe 90 10 99 one but there's always a little bit of fault no one's never faultless right and like I said, it doesn't matter, but, but that anger can sometimes hide that, 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 that thought of you being at fault and say, Hey, I'm perfect. This has nothing to do with me? This is all him or all her. This is their fault. And then you can't heal. And that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal, this, this program, this podcast is healing. That's what I want everyone to do. That's what I want us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody heal.
1: I like that. That's very true. I know when you're blaming each other it's taking up I think time that you can be working toward healing. Sometimes people don't don't think about that. They think about that moment in time and it's amazing to me how whatever led up to that argument that's one part. But how how many things from the past come up and you're like, hold on, that happened like three years ago. <laughs> Why are you? Because they start, or you know, you always been this way. You you you've done this before, and they start like counting up, like they've been keeping tally on on the faults or the mistakes that you've made instead of saying something right from the beginning. I don't understand that.
0: Well, I think it's happened with us both. You know, people want to do that blame or the, or the tally game. And, uh, like, you know, like they said, you know, none of that really matters. You just need to go from this point on, but sometimes it's hard to get from this point on because you're still in the past thinking about what the person did to you. How come this is happening? Things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing I say, you know, when you're going through this, this, uh, big deal of, of, of divorce, be fair. Both sides. Be fair. Um, didn't really happen in my case, but Hey, I'm over it, but be fair, man. It's, it's fair to yourself, fair to your friends, fair to your kids. And if other person not being fair, you don't stoop to that level Mm -hmm. because it doesn't pay off in the end. You know, you can both, you can both be amicable and get, get through it. And, and, you know, like I said last time, you know, as when one person gives up, it's over. It doesn't matter how hard the other person works or goes to counseling or, or, or cries or screams or bitches, it doesn't matter. One person gives up, it's over. That's true. You know, they talk about the 100, 100 50, 50, but man, one person gives 0%, it's a done
1: deal. Mm-hmm. You know, the other funny part is I've had friends tell me um, that either they've went, you know, while they're still going through the divorce process and dated someone or saw someone, whatever the right word is, both on the male and female side, and then they're like, oh, I met this guy or I met this girl and they're so wonderful and they do this and they're like this. And they start talking how great this person is. And I said, wait a minute, you've known them like two weeks. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and they start comparing this person that they just met to the person that they were with. And uh, the weird part is they say that it's all beautiful and this is how it should be and, and everything is wonderful and they forget that that's how it was when they were with whoever they were married to in the very beginning. That's why they got married. <laughs> you know, Water
0: they, your <clears throat> and fertilize your own yard. Don't go look other places.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once
0: again, folks, I say out there, fix that stuff. If yeah. you can fix it, fix it. Because being by yourself, waking up alone, it's not all it's cracked up to be. You said, I can't wait to get rid of him. I, I can't wait to get rid of her, get rid of him. Don't wake up next to her. But you're going to miss her.
1: Mm-hmm. No matter
0: how bad it was, you will miss him.
1: Yeah, you, you will. And I'll tell you what, the only time that I think that there's some sort of happiness, if there was lots and lots of arguments in the marriage, like you woke up and you knew somehow, some way, the dark cloud was going to come over her head or his head and there was going to be an argument or there was going to be a fight about something because it seems like there are some people in the world who just cannot... Cannot be happy with a, a calmness in their day. They have to have conflict, which is the weirdest thing. I don't even understand where that comes from. I don't know any of those
0: people. I've never <laughs> met one of those people ever, ever in my life. Never, ever met Liar. one of those people ever in my life. All the people I know are calm, cool, collective. They never want drama. I call those people drama
1: mongers drama mongers you don't know a drama monger oh drama monger oh yeah i know quite a few they exist out there oh yeah even if they're not like in a relationship with you they could just be a friend or someone you know oh god suck you suck the life out of you it does it takes your time (laughs) and you hit the bed at night you're like man why am i so exhausted oh i know why i talked to
0: the drama monger today
1: drama person and if they don't talk to you they're texting you with a bunch of different Things that just start, Sometimes so just you want to look at
0: them right there in their eye sockets and say, hey, is there anything good in your life today? You woke up today. <laughs> you're alive. Stop bitching. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop oh, it this now. hurts. Or I did this. Or I can't have this. Or this person hates me. Get over it, man. Mm-hmm. Live in the positive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the fact, the fact that you're able to sit next to your friend and podcast, phew, Right. My day's made right there.
1: That's really, you know, just something simple. Enjoy that. Yep. Don't dismiss Keep it. Keep it simple. So I think the, the the one thing like you were saying earlier about trying to work things out with whoever you're with, um, it's I think the challenge is trying to get them to understand, you know, sometime after whatever argument you had, getting them to understand that, hey, we need to work on this, but... They really need to embrace that. They just can't say no because you're always going to be the same because you always act like this or whatever, you know, pick a gripe. Um, Trying to get them to come to the the, the table. All right, let's come to the table and and figure out how we're going to make this work. You know, trying to get their buy-in, that's difficult. Give them some skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And, you know, the only thing that I think that they can – maybe appreciate is if they can recognize that you're really sincere in trying to make it work but you have to get the same thing from them if you ask them to come to the table to 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 come up with a solution and work together it's better if they go yeah yeah you know what you're right um i'm sorry i want to work things out instead of whatever, if you think that's going to work, fine, let's just go ahead and do it. You don't need attitude when you're trying to come to some sort of resolution.
0: Because you've already got a negative attitude about it. So Mm -hmm. obviously, the odds of it working are pretty much nil.
1: Yeah. And then what do you do? You're kind of stuck, which is a terrible feeling to be, to feel where, you know, I'm sure there have been many folks out there who have felt that they are stuck in a relationship what do you do you're either married or you're living together and all your stuff's at her place all her stuff's at your place you have you're even sharing bills you moved into wherever you moved into because you thought it was going to be like this wonderful thing forever and ever but then all of a sudden boop now you're stuck it turns sour flip-flop it does so what do you do i mean do you just say i'm gonna go get a truck and my friends and i'll be out by saturday or do you say I think this relationship is worth trying.
0: I think this comes from another standpoint of having a broken picker. P I C K E R not P E C K E R a broken picker. And a a lot of people out there have broken pickers. Mine is pseudo broken. Yours is pseudo broken. Yes. Let's go ahead and put that out there folks. (laughs) Um, you know, the choices that we make, you know, that, you know, like Pete said, you might be stuck in a relationship, but you gotta make that choice to get out. Um, And and it's tough to make that choice because you have so much invested time, money, uh, life experiences, but you got to make that decision. You're in or out. You can't straddle the fence. And uh, ultimately you had to be happy. That's the second goal, happiness. You want to be happy. And sometimes being content is all you can get to get your happiness because sometimes they're one and the same. But you got to heal, and and you got to be happy. So if you're stuck in one of those relationships, you you got to do something, and you don't stay in it for the kids, like we said last time, because kids kids will heal, kids will bounce back, because you got to be able to be happy. So
1: yeah, that's that's very true. I don't think you should compromise your happiness um, because you think, okay, I'll just give that part up, and then everything will be fine. Because if you give that part up, you're going to be miserable in the relationship, even if it lasts through whatever storm you're going through. And then you're
0: giving up something else and then something else and then something else. And then it cascades into a couple of things that you've given up that you would never in a million years think you would give up. But now you're stuck. So you're stuck in a place where you don't want to be. You've given up a bunch of stuff that you don't want to give up.
1: And that's a sad situation. It's tough it is so do you come up with a plan um if the mediation doesn't work sitting at the table talking about what do we need to do different and if that doesn't work you come up with a plan maybe a plan b plan b is i'm gonna grab all my stuff and i'm gonna leave and get as far away as i can
0: i'm I'm calling shanisha we're gonna leave (laughs) But at what point do you make that decision? See, that's, that's a, that's a tough one. Cause everybody's different. You know, you gotta be comfortable with that decision. You had to make that decision. We can't make that decision for you. You gotta be ready to make a move. It's like, Hey, enough is enough. And most, most of the time people stay in it too long,
1: way too long. It almost sounds like when you think about it, you almost have to, not to be cold but you almost have to disregard the time that you put into the relationship and still execute your plan B. So if you say, you know, is it easier to break up with somebody after you've only been together for less than a year, five years, 10 years, you know, where's that point where you're like, but I've invested so much. This person is is worth me suffering a little bit. I don't think you should give up, I, you know, that part of you. I think you should. Give them a chance, of course, to try to work with you. But ultimately, it's your happiness, not theirs. Yeah.
0: You know, I I saw something on a website that said, uh, your job is not to make the other person happy. Right. Their job is to be happy with you.
1: I like that. Yeah. I like that.
0: You know, you can't make people do what they don't want to do unless they're under 18.
1: And, you know, I think that there's also a, a question of, They have goals and you have goals and maybe somewhere along the line, at least in the beginning, the goals were similar and said, hey, I want to have a house with a white fence, one dog and take vacations every year. And you're like, yeah, that would be wonderful. But then somewhere along the line, something changes like, well, I don't really want that anymore. I want to go to school. I want to get a degree. And so you need to take care of the house. You need to take care of the kids while I go get my degree. I think that's very interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I've never thought of it like that, but that does make sense. That that's kind of what happened in my case. Okay. But that, that, you know, when you're, when you're going down the same railroad tracks and you're parallel, you're headed toward the same goal, but, but all of a sudden someone takes a detour or it takes a switch off the track and you're headed apart. And the more you get apart, the less, the less likely that you're going to be together in the end. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when, uh, people stay together. You know, they have kids together and they're around to the kids. The kids grow up, they've done nothing together that whole time. And now they get divorced when the kids are gone. It's like, man, that's when you're supposed to, you know, it's not about the kids. You got to be a little selfish when you're uh, raising kids. You take care of your kids too, but you take care of yourself also. So that that allows you, the kids, and your mate to all have relationships. So after they leave, you still have something common with your mate. But I see that time and time again where people just split up after the kids are gone.
1: Really? you seen that? Yep. You think they would stay because now the nest is empty?
0: I'd be happier than hell. <laughs> oh, happy day.
1: I've known a couple, one or two. I, I think I've known two couples where they have stayed after the kids were gone. And they said, hey, it's just awesome. We do whatever we want. It's just like when we first got married. And they stayed together. And then I've also heard couples that say, um, oh, ever since the kids left, we don't have a purpose in life. We don't know what to do. It was always about the kids. And they just are almost like strangers because their focus was the kids. And then after the kids were gone, they didn't know what to focus on. And instead of, of course, what you would think is easy, focus on each other, they are actually kind of lost i don't get that
0: you know it's almost you ask yourself where you know I do want to make a move where where do I start uh so what can we tell them where to start you know I would uh you know start with counseling, talk to your pastor talk talk to someone professional say hey i'm thinking about doing this, what should I do um talk to a close family member as long as they're not a hater you, uh, you don't want to talk to any haters because there's haters out there that don't <laughs> want to see you succeed true we talked to uh, I had a podcast with Alan talk about crabs in the barrel baby those are the haters <laughs> so you have to figure out who's in your corner and and who's not so if you have a good friend in your corner talk to that good friend and say hey there's something about what do you think and I get a couple of people's um, opinions and go from there and once you decide to flip that switch, flip it, but do your homework, check out, uh, lawyers, uh, there's all sorts of d- divorce blogs on the internet. Uh, check out your state statutes, things like that. Uh, a lot, a
1: lot of things I didn't
0: do because I
1: was blindsided. I saw a TV show that talked about relationships and when they end I can't remember the name of the show. It was years ago. I don't even know why. It was remember,
0: called Snapped. That's where <laughs> kill the women killed the man. <laughs> I watch it every night, Snapped.
1: <laughs> well, and and, and I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember how the the storyline went. It was something like this. The, the couple had reached a point. I don't know if kids had left. I don't know if there was a certain situation that made one of them say it. But one of them came out and said, look, I just have to be honest with you. I haven't been happy in our relationship in years. And then the other person said, oh, my God, you too? And they both realized that they hadn't been happy in years. And then they, of course, hugged and kissed and they made love that night. And the next morning, as a team, they started separating the stuff in their apartment. And they were happy about it. And they were going to move on to whatever phase in their life it was going to be. But it was going to be without each other. And they were fine with it. I I, I found that kind of odd. No, that's
0: the way divorce should always be. Yeah. It it should be a piece of cake, amicable, you know, no blame. But it's not. Usually, you know, there's all, you know, it's kind of like good cop, bad cop. Usually there's a good cop and a bad cop. And and sometimes there's a good cop and worse cop. But I've heard all all kind of horror stories with my friends and and colleagues and this and that, you know, getting divorced. I think the divorce rate's probably 60% in El Paso County, I
1: hear. Wow, that's high. 55,
0: 60, because of the military presence, too. It's oh, people hard. going down range and, yeah. and um, uh, this, that, and the other. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to be married. You know, uh, you, you got to work at it. You know, you don't work at it. It ain't going to last. You know, you, you just don't get married and boom, you're married. Let's just go through the motions. You got to work at it. And those people that that I know that are married 30, 40, 50 years, I commend them. You know, when someone has a 20, 30, 40, 50 year anniversary, I, I go up to them and say, hey, good job. Thanks for being the exception, not the rule.
1: What do you think of those couples or men, let me just say men, <clears throat> that say, you know what? It's a saying, too. I don't know if just men say it. it's happy. was a happy wife, happy life. What about those folks where it seems like the guy is sacrificing whatever it is? Just to and, make the wife happy? Yeah, so that she stops complaining. Oh, the complaint. You know? that's,
0: that's almost, what's that word I used again? Drama diva? No. <laughs>
1: Dramatized?
0: Dramatized. Can't remember. Getting old. <laughs> Let's just call it drama diva. Yes. Yeah uh create drama. Some people just live on that. And and if you're married to a drama diva, sorry to hear it, but you gotta hey stick it out. Mm-hmm. Go from there. Maybe you can mold her, shift her, shape shift her in, into something else. No. No.
1: Won't happen. No. Good
0: <laughs> luck with that. You can try but love, love your drama diva. It, it... Hold her your drama diva. It... Take her shopping.
1: And, and it does. It does. Right there's a, another part to that. If you, if you making sure that she's happy. If you get some sort of happiness out of that, that what you bought her, what you what you did with her, where you went, whatever it might be that that made her happy, and out of you get enjoyment seeing her happy, then knock yourself out. You know, yeah. if you can live with that. But I think you need to take a look. If you know, this is of course you know gender neutral if um if what he or she wants is keeping you from your own self identity your own happiness um it's going to burn out eventually you're going to get fed up with it and reevaluate then... mhm mhm yeah that's a it's a slippery slope you know like
0: you said there's no right answer you know everything's you know when you go black Black to white, and they end up in gray. There's no correct answer for you know what do I do now? You know, there's a couple things you could do, and like I said, you know, talk to other people, do some investigating, this, that, and the other. Um, uh, I would suggest just having a consult with a lawyer, a a divorce lawyer, or or even a consult with a counselor. You know, don't do the lawyer bit yet. Do a consult with a counselor, see what he says. And then the counselor says, and then go from there.
1: Right, right. Yeah, because then you can go ahead and get a, a wider view, put on the wide lens Yeah. instead of focusing on just what you're thinking and what you're feeling, just for a check. There's nothing wrong with your feelings, of course, but, I mean, if you want to make a check, especially you're going to make a serious decision, like I'm ending this relationship. Oh, yeah.
0: And, and like Pete said, you know, you... Uh, all the past history is going to blind you. You need to put the blinders on and, and, and look past that and say, hey, what's, go- what's going to happen in, a, in, in our future? What do we what do we
1: have to look forward to? That's true. Together you can figure out a way. Or if she doesn't or he doesn't, <coughs> you go ahead and you initiate plan B. <laughs> you are a plan B dude. <laughs> there can be a C too because B might not work. Oh, yeah. Then you're going to be sitting there staring at the wall. What am I going to do now?
0: Plan C. And then plan C fizzles out. Plan D. Just keep on going to something works.
1: Yeah, there's what? 24 letters in the alphabet, right? Mm-hmm. Or 26.
0: Uh, 24 when you're 50. 50-something probably, yeah.
1: <laughs> plan Z. <laughs> oh, man. So what else is going on? Um, Let me see. I want to make sure, I don't know how much time we have left.
0: we got about five minutes.
1: Five minutes. What can we tell you in five minutes? Something that, let's let's think of something profound. A Uh, takeaway that's going to help them. uh,
0: uh, The one thing I did notice that when I first went to divorce recovery five, six years ago, there was probably 100 people total and there were probably 80-20 women men. So 80% women, 20% men. The past couple times I've done it, it's probably 50-50. Men are coming out and getting uh, seeking help, which which I'm very proud of men doing because they're not notorious for seeking uh, counseling help and things like that. But uh, it's kind of shifting, which is kind of cool to see. I I hate to see anybody in uh, divorce recovery, but the fact that, it's it's 50-50 men, women is kind of promising. Men are looking out to get healed.
1: Yeah, I think that's good too. Um, I guess folks have thought men don't have feelings, but they do.
0: Oh, God. Oh, I know what you can talk about. How do we end up at divorce recovery? Those are two interesting stories.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. How do we end up um, at divorce recovery?
0: Mine is, uh, I was at a college recruiting trip with my daughter In South Dakota, it was uh, January, cold as ice, 22 below, ambient temperature, not wind chill. And we were in the hotel room after seeing the coach and everything, and she ultimately went to school there. And I had a friend of mine call me from back home, back in uh, Colorado Springs, saying, hey, I'm thinking about going to this divorce recovery seminar downtown. And uh, I, I like to know if you would go because it's it's late night on a Wednesday and I don't feel comfortable going down there. And and I'd rather have a guy go with me and you're going through a divorce. I thought it would help you too. I said, okay, sure. So Pam, Pam got me going. And I went down and went through the motions. This ain't going to help me. This is this is a waste of time. But, you know, got to keep my friends safe. So I'll go. And I went and we were in different classes, but uh, I ended up, like of the class, getting a bunch of friends out of there, some who I still keep in touch with, and uh, it was seven weeks long, two hours a day, um, and I ended up uh, seeing uh, one of the head facilitators at a Christmas party a year later. He said, "Hey Dave, you wanna? What do you think about uh, facilitating divorce recovery?" I said, "Man, no way, I'm not doing that crap." And here I am, facilitated what four times. So, yep, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's a good story.
1: I'm going to have to share mine in the next podcast. The
0: podcast. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. And we got some send-off material. We're going to knock that out and go from there. You guys have a nice week. And we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.